Turn your Bibles, if you will. We are in, uh, going to be in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3. Starting off in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3. And while you're turning there, did you hear about the claustrophobic astronaut? Turns out he just needed some space. Some space, Harley. This one's for uh, Brother John. John, what do you call a fake noodle? An impasta. An impasta. Amen, amen. This morning I want us to consider God's direction. God's direction for me, for you, for our life. Let's consider God's direction. And there's no doubt we are living in, in certainly some evil times, right? We're living in some evil days of misinformation, lies, and deceit. We need truth today now more than ever. Used to be you, you could turn on the news and you would actually get a newscast. Today, all you get is opinion. What people believe is truth to them. What we need is to get back to the fundamentals, the basic of truth. And this is the standard of truth, amen? God's word, our only standard of truth. And we need to get back to truth today now more than ever before. We need God's direction to get us through these dark days, amen? Let's look in Proverbs chapter 3, skip down to verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Amen? Very, very well-known piece of scripture. And, and this piece of scripture is so well-known, it's because of the wonderful promises that we have in it. Amen? Quoted often and, and, and referred to many, many times, but it's because of the rich, wonderful promises that we have in it. But I want to know, we, we need to notice the requirement in verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on our own understanding. Amen? That is the requirement to the promises that we have in verse 6. In all our ways acknowledge him and then he will do what? He shall direct our paths. So we need to pay close attention to the requirements there in verses 5 and the beginning of verse 6. First and foremost, we cannot lean on our own understanding. And I want to tell you something, that's the hardest part of all, isn't it? For us not to lean on our own understanding. That is the hardest requirement in all of this. We have information literally at our fingertips, don't we? We can pick up our phone, we can pick up a, a tablet, we can sit on our, our, you know, dial up our laptop, sit on our, our desktop. We literally have information at our fingertips. We can simply Google a, any question that ever, you know, stirs up our mind and pretty much find the answer for it, can't we? Google anything. We have information at our fingertips. No doubt today we have a vast vast knowledge but we've lost our way 
in this sin-filled world. Amen? We have all the knowledge that we could ever imagine at our fingertips, and yet we've still lost our way. God prophesied in the book of Daniel, chapter 12, verse 4. He said, And many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Many shall run to and fro. He was talking about in the last days. We can go from one side of this world to the other in just a snap of finger, can't we? We have airplanes that travel over 2,000 miles per hour. We have a space shuttle that can travel just under 25,000 miles per hour. We've put space probes to, to take pictures of the outer parts of our universe. Do you know how fast a space probe travels? 430,000 miles per hour. <laughs> we can get places pretty fast, can't we? Amen? We can get places extremely fast. But the problem is, we truly don't know where we're going. We can get there fast, but we just don't know where we're going. We've lost our way in this dark world. Amen? What do we need to do? Simply put, we need to get our eyes back on the Lord, and we need to get our feet back on his path. Amen? Get our eyes fixed on Christ and get our feet back on his path. Isaiah 58, verse 11. The Lord will guide you continually, and he will satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones, you shall be like a, a water garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. The Lord will guide you continually. In the Psalms, the 32nd Psalm, God promised, he said, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Amen? Think about where God's perspective is. We're down here, aren't we? How far can we see? Not much farther than just what's right in front of us, amen? Think of God's perspective. He is on the highest mount. He sees everything around us. Any NASCAR fans? Anybody watch NASCAR? NASCAR has a spotter. The driver, every driver has a spotter on the racetrack. Where does that spotter sit? He sits at the highest point of that racetrack. Why? So he can get the best view. The driver can only see what's right in front of him. But he has a spotter that looks out on his sides and behind him and farther ahead that he can even see. God is our spotter in life. He's looking way ahead. He has the best vantage point for us. Amen? 37th Psalm. Verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. God has a purpose, and he has a plan for every single one of us, from the plumber to the pastor, amen? God has a specific plan for all of us, and to do God's will is our highest achievement, 
think of, think of success. I just want you to just picture success in your head, in your mind. What do you picture? Think about it. When you hear the word success, what do you picture in your mind? Well, I'm going to tell you it's not money. It's not fame and fortune. It's not authority. It's not how many college degrees, how many letters you can get after your last name. It's none of that. Success is the realization of God's will in your life. Amen? That's what success is all about. It's the realization of what God's will is for me. Listen. If it were God's plan for you to be a plumber, and you ended up preaching, you settled for second best. Amen? Understand that. Success is the realization of what God's will is in my life. Our goal in life is to find the will of God. It's to follow the will of God. And it is to finish the will of God for our life. Amen? Why? So that we can stand before him. As he looks at us and he says, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joys of the Lord. Amen. That's our highest achievement, our highest goal. That is success. Amen. Now, the Bible makes this process extremely clear. If we... In all our ways, and what does all mean? All means all, and that's all that all means, amen? If we, in all our ways, acknowledge him, he will direct our paths. He will lead us to find, he will lead us to know his will for our life. And this morning, I want to I outline that process. I want to start outlining that process, Amen? Let's see where to start. Where do we start in all this? Well, first and foremost, back to our original text in Proverbs 3. In verse 5, first step, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in who? The Lord. Amen? Simple. God's not asking us to trust in a scheme. He's not asking us to, to trust in some type of program. He's not asking us to to trust in some type of philosophy. He's not asking us to trust in a pastor or a church or or an organization, is he? God is asking us and telling us that we are to trust in who? A person. The Lord Jesus Christ. Plain and simple. He's asking us to trust in the person, the Lord Jesus Christ. How much trust? Trust in the Lord with what? All of our heart. Amen. You know, we, we know that verse. We understand that it says with all of our heart. But how often do we really do that? Amen. How often do we truly trust in the Lord with all of our heart? You see, so many today find it extremely difficult to trust in him with all their heart. 
So many today have a, have a half-hearted trust. They have, a, they have a half-hearted devotion to Christ. Just look at our churches today on a Sunday morning. You know, as we drove the church, how many saw people out in their front yard gardening or, or packing up a, a, a car to go to the shore, to the beach, or, you know, going here or going there? How many did we see packing up their family to come to church? Very few. So why is it that so many have a difficult time trusting the Lord with all their heart? They have that, that half-hearted trust, that half-hearted devotion. Why is that? I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. It's because they don't love him. And that's not only out in the world, that's also inside the church. Amen? Too many Christians walking around with a half-hearted devotion. And why? It's because they don't truly love him. They don't know him. Amen? Why don't they love him? Because they don't know him. You cannot trust someone you don't love. Amen? You cannot love someone that you do not know. It's very simple. Think about it this way. If a complete stranger you know, happened to come up to me and said, listen, I want you to, to do something for me. Never seen this person in my life. Just came up to me out of the blue and said, look, I want you to do something for me. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I, I just need you to trust me. Guess what my answer is going to be? <laughs> I don't think so. There's no way that I'm going to trust you. I don't know you enough for me to, to step out on the limb to trust you. Now, suppose my wife came to me, whom I love dearly. Suppose she came to me and says, listen, I want you to do something for me. My, immediately, my immediate response is what? Well, what is it? And she says to me, you'll just have to trust me. I probably still wouldn't do it. No, I'm just kidding. I would trust, right? I would do it. Why? Because I love her. Right? And she loves me, and, and I know and love her enough to trust that she would never do anything to hurt me. Amen? Purposely. I know and I can trust that she would never do anything to embarrass me. Too bad. Amen? I love her and know her enough that she would never put me in a compromising position. Amen? But it's hard and I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's impossible to trust a stranger that you don't love. Amen? How many of us would just blanketly trust a stranger? We wouldn't. So when we start to understand and, and see things in this proper perspective, we can understand why there's so many half-hearted devotions out there, even in the church house. So many have difficulty trusting in the Lord with all their heart because they don't love Christ. Why don't they love Christ? They don't know him. Amen? They don't know him close enough. So how do we get to know the Lord better? 
What's the answer? How do we get to know the Lord better? We spend time with Him. Amen? We have to spend time with Him. You can't get to know someone unless you spend time with them. For the married couples out there, think back to when you were dating your, you know, you first started dating, you and your spouse. Think back at how much time you spent with each other. You know, you could go out, you know, when you first started dating, you'd go out and spend all day together, and then as soon as you got home, what'd you do? You called each other and talked on the phone. I remember my wife and I, we were dating. We were many, many years ago. We were young. You know, we'd spend all day together, and we'd talk on the phone until we fell asleep. Amen? Why? Because we wanted to get to know each other better. Amen? We wanted to spend as much time as we possibly could with each other, getting to know each other. Amen? And what happens over time? The more you know someone, the more what? You start to love them. Amen? The more you get to know, the more time you spend with that person, the closer you get, the more you get to know them and know their heart, the more your love starts to grow for them. And the same is true for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The more time you spend with him, the more you get to know him and know his heart. And let me tell you something. Knowing Christ is flat and simply loving him. Amen. The more we know him, the more we love him. We can't help but love Christ once we get to know him. The more we get to know him, the more we love him. The more that we love him, that grows into more trust for him. And the more that we trust him, the more that we begin to obey him. His book, His Word, the Bible, is full of God's precepts and His promises and also commandments, isn't it? And the more that we love Him, the more that we get to know Him, the more that we love Him, the more that we start to trust in Him, the more that we will obey Him. And why is that important? Because the more that we obey him, the more that he blesses us. Amen? How many of you want his his blessings? Amen? Nobody not want his blessings? Amen? It's a simple equation. The more that we obey him, the more that he blesses our lives. And I don't know about you, but I want all of his blessings that I can possibly get on this side of eternity because I know on the other side, I can't even imagine what he has planned for me. Amen? So the more that we get to know him, the more that we love him, the more that we love him, the more that we trust him, the more we trust him, the more we obey him, and the more that we obey him, the more he blesses us. Amen? 
And why does he bless us? So that we can turn around and what? Be a blessing to those around us. Amen. I want God to bless me so that I'm able to bless those around me. I'm able to bless my family. I'm able to bless those in need. I'm able to bless. And when I say family, I'm also talking about my extended church family. Amen. I want God to bless me so that I can turn around and bless those around me. But it's conditional. I need to know him so that I can love him, so that I can trust him, so that I can obey him. Amen. It's that simple. He says here, the trust in the Lord with all your heart. How do we build up to that point? That we can trust in the Lord with all of our heart. How do we, how do we build up to that point? How do we start to get to know him to that point? When we talked about spending time with him, how? How do we spend time with our Lord? How does God speak to us? Right here, right? This is his word. Amen? God speaks to us through his word. So how much time do we spend getting to know him? Amen? Scholars. Literary scholars, what did, how do they get to know the writer and the poets and, and the authors? What do they do? They spend their time reading their works, reading their writings, reading their words. That's how they can tell you what type of person they were, what type of heart they had. The same is true for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is his word. You want to get to know him? Get into his word. Amen? Are we spending enough time in his word to truly get to know him? Are we taking every opportunity to make sure we can attend church to, to listen to the message? Amen? Anybody know why the pulpit is always center in a church? Not kind of off to one side or the other? Because this should be coming out of the pulpit. And this should be the central part of every worship service. Amen. Our fellowship is great. The, the, the privilege that we have to lift up our voices in song, praising our Lord and Savior, that is great. But if this is not central, then it's just a social club. Amen? It's just a social club. How much time are we spending actually listening to the messages coming out of the, out of the pulpit? Amen? Not just hearing the messages, but how often are we listening to those messages to the point that they, they sink into our hearts? That's how we get to know our Lord. That's how we are to spend our time with him. So it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then the second part, 
and lean not. Do not lean on your own understanding. We need to make sure we understand what God is telling us here. God is not telling us that we shouldn't gain understanding. Amen? God's not telling us that that we shouldn't have understanding. In fact, it's the complete opposite. God's desire, his heart's desire is for us to understand, but understand what? Truth. Amen? We can fill our heads with all kind of facts. But it doesn't mean anything if we don't know what to do with those facts. Amen? We need truth. We need God's standard of truth. What God is telling us here, he's simply warning us against trusting our own understanding. Don't lean on your understanding. Why? Because our understanding is limited. Our minds are finite. We can only hold so much information. We can only process so much information. We can only understand so much. But God's wisdom, his understanding is infinite. There's no end to it. That's why he's warning us against under or, 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 or trusting in our own understanding. We skip down to verse 7. He said, do not be wise in your own eyes. Why? Proverbs 14 tells us. Why not lean on our own understanding? Why not trust in ourselves? Proverbs 14, 12. Because there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Pretty blunt, isn't it? There's a way that seems right to us. The world may agree. The crowd says this is the right way. But if it doesn't line up right here, ignore it. Throw it out the window. Amen? Proverbs 2, starting at verse 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and you apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment, that's a good word. We understand what discernment means. Again, it's separating facts And what to do with those facts. That's discernment. Amen. Being able to take knowledge and convert it into wisdom. Knowledge is knowing a bunch of things. Wisdom is knowing what to do with all those things. Amen. That's what God is talking about here. Yes, if you cry out for discernment. And lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth 
come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Amen. He stores sound wisdom for the upright. Again, it all ties back into what? Trusting and obeying. Trusting and obeying. You know, as a little kid, we learned that song early in church, didn't we? Trust and obey. Anybody remember that song? Trust and obey. Such a simple message. And really, when we break the Bible down, the entire gospel is a simple message. Mankind is the one that tries to add this to it and add that to it and and pile this on top of it. That's not the way God intended it. It is a very, very simple message. Get to know our Lord. Christianity is not a religion. It's simply a relationship. You see, when we try to turn it into a religion, that's when it gets convoluted. Because we want to add this, and you can't do that. You have to do this, and you can't go here, and you have to say this. That's religion. That's trying to earn our way into heaven, and that's not biblical. You see, we are saved by grace. Through God's unconditional love for us, we are saved by grace. By simply placing our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It's that simple. Is there any works that we have to do? They're already done. He did it on Calvary's cross. It's that simple. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. God wants us to seek True wisdom and true understanding. Not what we think is true. Not what the majority in the world thinks is true. Not what the smartest people with the most letters after their last name think is true. None of that matters. What does God think? And what does God say? He is the standard of truth and he wants us to seek that truth. To seek that understanding. He and he alone is that standard of truth. Jesus Christ is the one and only wise king. And we need to seek his wisdom and seek his understanding. Listen, if we want God to light our path in these dark days then we must trust in him with all of our heart. And that starts with knowing and loving him. Amen.